0: Hello, my name is Bamideli at DBC. I will be bringing you the word this morning. Um, We'll be continuing our series about the kingdom and specifically, we'll be looking at kingdom finance. What does it mean to give sacrificially in the kingdom of God? And I think the right place to start is in the beginning. Uh, In the book of Genesis, right from the chapter one, verse one, the Bible says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And over a period of time, God created plants, water, and elements, all elements that within the heavens and the earth. And then God created man. Female and male, God created them. He created them in his own likeness. And then God handed over everything that is created, even to man and he asked them to take charge over all this. What a privilege, what a generous God. But God, people, Adam and Eve much later kind of abused this uh, privilege. Um, and while they were in nakedness, ashamed of what they have done, they made clothes out of fig leaves and then covered themselves up. The God in his mercy, when he came uh, towards them, kind of made clothes out of skin, um, he made clothes out of skin to cover them off because their uh, solution was not good enough. And you know, what we say here is that God in his mercy kind of made a sacrifice of either a ram or a sheep in order to cover the shame of Adam and Eve. In the uh, life of their children, that's Cain and Abel, we saw how these two uh, young men gave to the Lord. Cain offered fruit of the ground, and Abel firstborn of his flock to God. Being created in the likeness of God, they gave of their produce, of their possessions to God. Many years later, we saw Abraham in the way he gave. In the book of Genesis chapter 14, uh, verse 18 to 20, And Mekisedek, king of Salem, brought out bread and wine, he was priest of God Most High, and he blessed him and said, Blessed be Abraham by God Most High, possessor of heaven and earth, and blessed be God Most High, who has delivered your enemies into your hand. And Abraham gave him a tenth of everything. Abraham gave a tenth of every, everything. A backdrop uh, to this story was really the the fact that Lot has been away from his uncle uh, Abraham for a while. Uh, Lot has been staying in a a part of of Israel called Sodom. Uh, There was a war between uh, the king of Sodom, king of Gomorrah, and a number of other kings um, which resulted in them being captured. Lot was also captured along with many other people. When his Uncle Jacob heard about this. He took his men in his act of kindness and generosity, went uh, after the enemies, and God gave uh, him victory. He was able to recapture uh, lot, women, men, possessions, and, and spoils of war. On his way back, he was met by two kings, the king of Salem and the king of Sodom. Um, It was the king of Salem that I I read about earlier on. king of Salem was a special king because he was not just a king, he was also a priest. This man, in his generosity, brought out bread and wine and celebrated Abraham's victory. He was really kind and very generous. In return, Abraham gave a tenth of the spoil of war to this king, king of Jerusalem. Another part of the story that is not really uh, quite popular is the fact that Abraham didn't just give 10% of the spoil of war to King of Sodom; he actually gave the rest to King of Sodom, and that is even when King of Sodom had already offered him, um, uh, you know, the idea that he could have the possessions. Why the rest of the uh, the people could be given to King of Sodom? But you know, remember in Genesis chapter 12. Abraham was already promised by God that God will bless him. So he said to King Sodom, no, take everything. Take everything uh, because my God will bless me. So King Salem, you know, just to recapture, King Salem there threw a party. He brought out bread and wine, generous, kind. Abraham gave tenth of his spoil to that king and he gave the rest to King of Sodom, and you know, years later we see his own grandson Jacob. How he gave, he gave. Richard read this to us a couple of weeks ago uh, about the encounter of Jacob and God, and that divine encounter. You know, um, in chapter twenty-eight, verse uh, chapter twenty-eight, verse twenty to twenty-two, and Jacob made a vow, saying, "If God will be with me and will keep me in this way that I go." and will give me bread to eat and clothing to wear, so that I come again to my father's house in peace. Then the Lord shall be my God, and this stone which I have set up for a pillar shall be God's house. And of all that you give me, I will give a full of thanks to you. Jacob heard encounter God, and then he made a promise to God, God, if you bless me, and I will give you 10%. A way to look at it is could be, you know, Jacob believed that God is able to meet his need. God will bless him. But even before he received it, he already offered to give. He already offered to give. He he did this sacrificially and generously. And you know, another way to look at it is you can say, he planned his giving. You could say, Jacob budgeted his giving. You know, what I've said so far actually, they were events before the law. You know, under the law, that is the law of Moses, people give in various kinds. Uh, They give 10% of their produce, for example, to the Levites. That's understandable, because Levites do not have inheritance, Levites do not work, apart from staying in the temple, to look after the sacrifice and look after the people. So, they give 10% of their income to the Levites. But the Levites, on the other hand, the Bible commanded them to give 10% of their own income unto the Lord. And people give 10% of their income to other things in various kinds of offering. Um, But one thing to note actually is that um, tithes were used to meet the needs of foreigners, orphans, and widows in many ways in the book of Deuteronomy chapter 26. And in addition, everyone was to be generous with those in need. You can find that also in the book of Deuteronomy. Before I move on from under on the law of Moses, it is worth of kind of mentioning that in time of uh, under the law, when you have a choice of giving your produce, uh, that could be flock or, or plant, uh, but you also have another choice of actually redeeming that flock, meaning you can convert it to cash. In the book of Leviticus, when you do that, you have to add additional one-fifth to that 10%. So you can look at it in this way. One-fifth is 20%. So either you add 20% of the whole to the 10%, which means you are given a tithe of of 30%, or you are paying your 10% plus 10% of the 10%, which in any case, what you pay when you redeem your tithe is you are paying more than 10%. We have looked at giving before and under the law. What does it look like under the grace? What does it look like now that we are redeemed people? You know, before I go into nitty gritty, I just want to make three key points. One is that, you know, at the beginning, I mentioned that God in his mercy, in order to cover Adam's and Eve's shame, he sacrificed an animal to clothe them. In order to solve the problem for two people, he killed an animal. But, you know, to redeem humanity, to redeem you and I, he sacrificed his son. I told you a story of King Salem. You know, King Salem in welcoming Abraham actually brought out bread and wine, something that was really very kind and generous. But, you know, Jesus Christ, instead of bringing bread and wine, he brought his body and his blood. That's what he shed for the remission of your sin and mine. You know, I spoke under the law that, you know, ram and goats are things that people take to Jerusalem to offer sacrifice. And these guys, when they're going, they make this song, you know, in, in the book of Psalms, it's called Song of Accent between Psalm 120, I think, to 32 or something. These guys will sing and praise God as they go with their, their offerings. But Jesus Christ walked through the same road through the same journey, going to Jerusalem, the book of Luke says Jesus Christ set his face like a flint going towards Jerusalem. He was going to Jerusalem not to make sacrifice, but to be made a sacrifice. He was actually the sacrifice himself. So we can see that yes, in the old time we give, yes, in the new time we give, but the new looks to me like it is about more, not about less. In the word of Jesus, in, in the book of Luke, chapter 6, verse 38, you know, Jesus was talking about giving. He said, give and it shall be given unto us. And towards the end, he said, you know, the measure you give will be measure to you. This will be measured that you'll be given back. You know, that looks to me like if this were to be a business, there's something called return on investment. Return, every businessman wants to have return on their investment. What Jesus was saying here is the measure at which you give your input to the business will determine your return on investment. Give and it shall be given unto you. And, you know, finally, there was a time Jesus Christ was in the temple and he saw this woman, very poor woman, giving money and many other people were given. Jesus Christ said, this woman gave more. And actually, maybe he gave, she gave less in terms of the quantity, but in terms of the heart, she gave more. Why? Because she gave hundred percent of what she had, not because she gave more money in terms of volume, but more in terms of the measure, in terms of the proportionality. So, in under the grace, there is that willing, generous, sacrificial kinds of giving. The kingdom giving is a more, not a less kind of giving. The Bible passage that gives a framework to this for me is Romans chapter 12 verse 1 where Paul says to the book of, uh, people of Romans, says, I appeal to you brothers by the mercies of God to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God which is your spiritual worship. So he said, offer your bodies. So he didn't say offer your 10% or a part of your cross. Now he's talking about your bodies, your intellect, your abilities, everything you have, all of them. Give them unto God, your money, everything. Offer them as a sacrifice. Now he didn't say a sacrifice, is living sacrifice. So living sacrifice, something that is redeemed, something that is actually set apart, something that is regular. You do it regularly. You are current, uh, continuously dying to serve and living in Christ. And then he says, holy, you know, Josh was talking about holiness, I think a, a couple of weeks ago, where he said, you know, separating from the whole. So if you take it from the whole and you set it apart. So, you know, you could argue that when it comes to offering, you set it apart from your budget for it, plan for it. And he says, acceptable. By acceptable, he do it with the right attitude with the right motive with the right expectation and when you combine having your body in this case maybe your money and you do it regularly you set it apart you plan and budget for it and you do it with cheerfulness and right attitude the bible says here that this is a spiritual act of worship and finally as we round up this morning what does this mean practically Um, I want to end by kind of uh, looking at what Kofu told us a few weeks ago about being passionate about the kingdom. You know, in that particular preach word, he uh, read from the book of Matthew chapter 13, you know, the kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again, and then his, his joy went and sold all he had and brought that. He bought that field. So he sold all in order to get something. He invested everything that he had because he was so convinced of the return on investment. You know, um, a few days after that preach word, we had our Zoom Connect group, and one of our members, Dele Ogunjumelo, kind of explained to us what passion means. He said passion is giving using extra energy to achieve something, using extra, more than required energy to achieve something. So being passionate about the kingdom, as we read, is this man giving more, in order to give that return on the investment. So, to us, being passionate about the kingdom involves giving more than is required under the law, going far and beyond, changing your budget to accommodate his kingdom, reflecting him in your spending, in your income generation, trusting him like Abraham did. Kingdom finance is about generosity, about sacrificial giving, it's about passion, it's about joy. It's about seeking Him first. May God bless us as we go. Are we this week reflecting on this? And God, in His mercy, will meet all our needs.